Thank you for joining me for this overview and summary of the message on August 27th at Locust Hill Baptist Church. The purpose of this recording is to give you a snapshot of the Sunday morning message in about 12 minutes or so. That link varies with each recording. My name is Michael Hodge. I'm senior pastor at Locust Hill Baptist Church in Travelers Rest, South Carolina. And I am so grateful that you are joining me today on your drive to work as you're working around the house or the office. This is a chance to just quickly get a snapshot of the truths that I share with our congregation. Our text this week is Acts chapter 4. If you want to open your Bible, follow along with me. I'll point to some key verses. Won't read a lot of them in this quick snapshot, but you can go back and study some more. All throughout the spring, the early weeks of summer 2023, I was praying through and considering the series that would carry us through the upcoming months. And settling on the book of Acts was an exciting decision. In my preaching, I try to alternate between Old Testament, New Testament, doctrine to topical sermons. And so we were due a New Testament series, and I was thrilled to jump into the study and the outlining of this series. And each week, we've discovered some exciting events in the progression of the book of Acts. And the focus this week is the name above all names. As we kick off that idea, the name above all names, in the U.S., this is the time of year when American football resumes, especially college football. Now, I've learned over the years that in some regions of the country, they prefer professional football, NFL. In the South, it's all about college football. And when it comes to the big games, you can expect to pay big prices for those games. The importance of the game, especially in the rankings for the season, elevates the cost, the value of the ticket. And as we connect that idea to the value that we place on things, I want us to reflect today on the value that we give to the name of Jesus. What are our lives revealing about how important this name is to us? The name above all names. Now, as we look at Acts chapter 4, it actually connects really well with Acts chapter 5. So I'm going to speak from both chapters in the message, and I'll reference those here in the quick summary, Acts 4 and 5. And the first truth that I shared in the message was this, knowing his name. And in these verses, it's verses 1 through 7. And what we observe in Acts chapter 4 is a continuation from Acts chapter 3. We know that chapter headings, verses were added later. So it's actually a continuation. Acts 3 feeds right into Acts 4, the miraculous healing of a lame man. And the religious leaders are now trying to explain it all. They came inquiring about the power and authority. Whose name caused this event to happen? And as they spoke boldly the name of Jesus, the apostles came up against these religious leaders. The name of Jesus disrupts our story. That's something I talked about in the message. And as I talk about disrupt, what I mean is interrupts the course. We can't keep going in the same direction when we encounter the name of Jesus. And what really annoyed the religious leaders of the time was the story of the resurrection that was being proclaimed by the apostles. Peter preached the resurrection hope of Jesus, not a message of religion, not rules. And so the question is, why does the resurrection matter? Well, it matters because if Jesus had power over death, he was no ordinary teacher. This was no ordinary teacher with disciples as so many others had at the time. 
No, the world fights to extend our days, to roll back the clock. And here's Jesus, who he alone defeated death. He alone had power over the grave. And if he had power over the grave, there's nothing that we will face that's beyond him. And so they were deeply offended by the name of Jesus. They fought against this name. But we realize he disrupts our story, but he also changes our story. In response to the spoken word of Peter, as you see in the early message in Acts chapter 2, 3,000 were saved. Well, now we're going to see 5,000 that were saved. And so as we look at the ministry already, we definitely would agree that this was an unlikely bunch to turn the world upside down. That's how they're described in Acts chapter 17. They were not politically powerful. They were not people of means. They were ordinary individuals radically changed by Christ. And as we think about that impact, especially in this season of the year, as we begin to ramp up all of the political campaigns, it is unbelievable the amount of money that is poured into getting a candidate to the White House or to any political office, even in local elections. Well, you look at these disciples. They were not backed up by a super PAC. They didn't have funding that was elevating their message. They had only one thing, and it was to tell the story of Jesus, the story that changes lives. It changes our story. And so the name above all names, we see this, this name that disrupts. It changes. But also this, they made the point very clear. Peter's message was very clear. We must confess his name. There is only one name given among men by which we must be saved. The name above all names is Jesus. We must confess his name to receive eternal life. You know, the religious leaders and opposition found themselves backed into a corner. They couldn't deny the reality of changed lives. And that's my prayer for our church, and I pray that over the church that you attend, that folks won't be able to deny something radical has happened here. And so Peter pointed their attention to one name, the name of Jesus, the only name that brings about our salvation. It's a name that disrupts our story. It changes our story. But he called them to confess his name, confessing the only hope of changed lives. Verse 11 and 12, let me read these verses very quickly. It says, This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name given among men, no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Peter pointed them to the only hope of changed lives. No self-appointed, custom-made path will do. Christ alone is the hope of changed lives. And so he invited them, confess the name of Jesus. And then it's really interesting how the exchange turns at this point. Peter was speaking boldly the name of Jesus, but then you get this kind of back and forth that is very interesting in the chapter, in chapter 4. You see the religious leaders of the time they were observing all that was taking place. And when they, the religious leaders, saw the man, he was healed, they had nothing to say. That's the way the text describes it. And the charge that they gave to Peter and John and the rest of the apostles was, say nothing. So they had nothing to say as they came face to face with the evidence of God's power. And the charge that they leveled against Peter and John and the rest of the apostles was, don't say anything. Now, what's interesting, if you connect Acts 4 and Acts 5 together, what you notice is 
you have this admonition, stop speaking the name of Jesus. And then when you get to Acts chapter 5, you see a repetition of a very similar story, but the charges are even more serious and the reaction is even more serious. And so in Acts chapter 5, verse 40, it says this, When they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. Now let's not pass that quickly. They beat them. So in Acts chapter 4, you have this very clear word, do not speak the name of Jesus. But then in Acts chapter 5, when you have a very similar scene, it's now ramped up not just to say, don't speak the name of Jesus, but now they are suffering physically for proclaiming the name of Jesus. And what was their reaction? They rejoiced that they suffered for Jesus. These are the words of John Piper writing on this section. If you follow Jesus only because he makes life easy now, it will look to the world as though you really love what they love, and Jesus just happens to provide it for you. But if you suffer with Jesus in the pathway of love because he is your supreme treasure, then it will be apparent to the world that your heart is set on a different fortune than theirs. This is why Jesus demands that we deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. Peter and John and the rest of the apostles, they had a higher allegiance, obedience to God versus men. And so if you go back to verse 13 of chapter 4, you see the reason, the motivation, the source of their strength. Verse 13 says this, They recognized that they had been with Jesus. So the authorities, they looked at the situation, they listened to the story, and it all pointed to Jesus. And as they saw his activity among them, what we observe in the lives of the apostles is this, the name above all names, praising his name. Verse 23, it says this, When they were released, they went to their friends, and they reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted up their voices together to God. And if you spend time looking at this chapter in chapter 4, what you notice is their worship is God-centered. In verse 24, Sovereign Lord who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, they began with a celebration of God's identity. How often is our worship more about us than it is about God? It's a great challenge here. They began in worshiping God. But also this, their worship was rooted in the testimony of Scripture. It was word-informed. What did they do as they worshiped? They quoted Scripture. And so more than our feelings, more than our hearts, it's all about Him. And the source book for their worship on that day in Acts 4 was this. It was word-informed. And so we see them praising His name for His plan for their lives. Verse 29 says this, And now, Lord... Look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. What did they pray in the face of opposition? They prayed for greater boldness. What an example for us. They also praised God for this, his power at work among them. Notice in verse 31, and I'll wrap up with this. When they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. God immediately responded to their God-centered prayer. It was a prayer that God loved to answer. 
they were filled with boldness to speak the word of God. The name of Jesus, it's the name above all names. Why? Because his name is the only name that changes lives eternally. There's no other name, there's no other way, there's no other purpose to which you should commit your life. My hope today is that we would place all of our hope, all of our trust in Christ alone, the name above all names. I want to thank you for joining me today as we briefly walk through Acts chapter 4. Lift up the name above all names today. Let me know how I can encourage you today as you discover Acts 4.12, salvation available in no other name.